Good morning. I'm going to read to you from Psalms 19. Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They have no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to, words to the end of the world. In, in the heaven God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It, it rises at one end of heaven and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statue of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the, to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warm. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servants also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and his meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thanks for that, Carla. I have an apology to make. Someone asked me before the service what the Bible reading is so that they could look it up before the service and I gave them the wrong one. So I'm really sorry, I, <laughs> I um, yeah, forgot that it is Psalm 19, not the one I gave you. <laughs> Although we are going to talk about Psalm 19, so it's all right, we're not wrong, it's not the wrong sermon today, um, we're on track. Um, I want to start off with a, a prop, a live prop. So can I ask Jess and Lisey to come forward, please? Everyone, this is Jess, and this is Lisey. And Lisey is... Yeah, you give a good wave. Please don't cry. <laughs> Lisey is Jess' baby, and Jess, can you just tell us, how old is Lisey? Do you, I, we're going for about one year old, right? Yep. And the reason I asked Jess and Lisey to come to the front today is because uh, I want to start by talking a little bit about uh, language. You know, Lisey is, is about one year old. She was born about a year ago and from the get-go she had the ability to know when her mum is talking to her. You know, at a, even before she was born there's this basic thing that happens between Lisey and Jess where she knows even in the womb that mum is there, things are okay. At a very basic level after she was born, um, you know, when Jess fed her, when Jess comforted her and rocked her, um, she knew, mum, mum, 
Mum's there, mum's talking to me. But all of that is really very beginning, isn't it? Starting, elementary. The greatest picture, she's talking to us now. <laughs> Get a stage, stage personality. Don't look at me. It's got to grow though, doesn't it? The greatest and the grandest feature of, of this beautiful relationship that exists here between a parent and a child is going to reach, in some ways, its, its climax when Jess can use language to speak to Lisi. And already there's, there's little words that she might understand. But ultimately the hope and the goal is that we're going to reach a point when she's an adult where they can have a full-fledged mature conversation and Lisi understands everything. You can, you can take it down, Leslie. It's all right. So, she's done really well. Thanks, Jess. That's the aim. That's the hope. As parents, we hope, and Jess hopes, that she can one day have a conversation where her daughter understands the language that she will be spoken to, in which she will be spoken to. Last week, we said that if you're a Christian, the truth is that you are born anew. You're a new creation. Spiritually speaking, you become uh, a child of God, and that starts out with being a baby of God, if, 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 you, if you can put it that way. God fills you with his spirit. And just like it's true that Lisi, as a physical child, undergoes a process where she needs to grow up and learn to understand and recognize the language that her parent wants to speak to her. So it's true that God, our spiritual, loving parent, wants to speak to you and to me. And with that, there is a language that we have to learn. The language of prayer. I want to put it to you today that so much of prayer, and we're in a series on prayer, if you're a visitor here today, has not so much to do with what we say to God, but has to do with what God says to us. And so I want us to plumb a little bit of the depths of that today. I want to talk about how does God speak to us? Uh, how does he intend to speak to us? Uh, what do we, from our end, if you will, need to be aware of? What are the ways in which God wants to speak to you? That's the question, and that's the theme, if you like. And I'm going to give you uh, seven things, and they're going to be a little bit quick, list style, of how God wants to speak to you, and then I'll apply it to us, and we'll, we'll finish off. Compliments to uh, Sherry Harney, who writes the, uh, a book on prayer for, for these things that I'm going to share with you today. All right, let's go. Number one. But obvious, but very important. God wants to speak to us through the Bible. Uh, this is top of the list. Reading the Bible, studying the Bible, trying to understand the Bible is primary. God wants to speak to you through what he has put to us in this book, a collection of 66 books. And I'm not going to explore today where it's from and how we know it's true and how do we know that God is speaking to us. Maybe one day we can unpack that and explore that. Today I assume that as a Christian we're okay with the statement that all scripture is God-breathed. Love the metaphor. God has breathed 
this out. Whatever is in here and it says to you, you can accept as it's what God himself is saying to you. Not only directly reading the Bible, I just want to include practically in this, you know, listening to sermons, podcasts, music that sets music to Scripture, to what God has breathed out, conversations with friends and family about what God says in here. Uh, If you go to a Christian school, some of your education is from what's going on here, Uh, books you read, these are all things that include what God has said to us in his word, in the Bible. It's how God wants to speak to you. So learn that. It's a feature of the language that he wants to use. Number two, creation. You may have heard that before as well. If you're a Christian, look around you. Everything you see around you, God uses to speak to you. That's what Psalm 19 says to us. Heavens declare the glory of God. I just want to practically drill down onto this. We often think when we think about creation, we need to have these epic experiences where we sit on mountaintops with mist surrounding us and it's, you know, this just panoramic views and that's where creation is really going to speak to you, where you're going to hear God. It's true, it will. But I want you to think of more practical, everyday things. Photo that's on the screen there of veggies comes from my tiny little veggie patch that I have at home. Which is awesome. On Thursday we raided it, the kids and I, and putting it all out on the kitchen fence, and it's supposed to say something to us. You know, God loves you. God cares for you. God has given you stuff to eat. God is good. If your veggies are stuffed up by pests, then well, I don't know, maybe, you know, there's something else there too. God's saying, you know, you've got to take care of the earth. Look after stuff. He gave it to us to work with, to tend for it, to care for it. Uh, let the everyday things speak to us as well. If you work in town, beautiful skylines of cities or buildings, that it remind us that God has given us a world that we can build up, that we can develop. You see stuff that's not right in creation. Uh, where we're abusing it. Let it move us to prayer. God wants to say to us, care for what I gave you. Look after what I gave you. All around us, God wants to speak to you and, and, and connect with you just in what is around you. Number three, dreams. We have this passage in Joel. I'll put it on there. I won't read it for the sake of time. Many other stories that I've heard and you may have heard of people who, especially I find in the Islamic world, who have had dreams of visions of the strangest kinds and then people came up to them and said, you had a dream, I believe I'm sent here to tell you what it was. People who they didn't know, people who they weren't connected with and these people against all odds and at great cost to their own safety give their lives to Jesus. I think it's there. I think God uses this. I know that God uses this. I know that it's used it in this church. He's used it in this church. Uh, For us, there perhaps should be just an openness to know that God speaks this language. Uh, He may speak it to you. He may speak it to others. But he does. And we can be open to that. 
Number four, circumstances. I love this little verse in Acts. This is Paul and his companions. They've got to make travel plans of where they want to go. And then they say this in one of those travels. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. We don't really know how the Spirit didn't allow them to, but we can speculate, I think, with a fair degree of safety that circumstances just didn't shape themselves that way. In modern day language, maybe the visas just didn't get approved. Maybe there were just issues with the customs office. Maybe the ship was broken down for months that they couldn't cross. I don't even know if it was land or sea, but their conclusion is that the Holy Spirit didn't allow us. The circumstances in our lives were used by God to speak to us, to tell us something, and we're going to listen to that, and we're going to adjust this, you know, our plans based on what we believe God is saying to us. You have the same. Often in life, uh, our circumstances may be ways in which God wants to say something to us. Rather than just curse the customs office, if it was the customs office or whatever it is, Paul, Paul takes a whole different view on this. He says, no, I think God may be actually saying something to us. We're not supposed to go to this place. Uh, God uses that. Number five, people. I love this, <laughs> love this example. Um, after we had been there a number of days, this is Paul again, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took, his, took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Again, this is another one of Paul's plans. He wants to go to Jerusalem to preach the gospel there. This prophet Agabus, don't think it's a good, don't think it's a good idea. He goes to Paul and in this very vivid way, tying his own hands and feet with Paul's belt, saying, this is what's going to happen to you. And why I think it's a cool story is, um, Paul doesn't listen, he goes anyway. It didn't stop him. He, he answers, no, I, I believe God is going to, Take me there and I'm happy to suffer. I'm happy to die there. Thank you for the warning, but this is my love for Christ. This is what I'll do. He goes anyway. What's cool about it to me is that look how God has used someone here, a, a friend in the life of Paul, to say, this is what I want you to know. I want you to know this is going to be hard for you. This is going to be difficult. I put it to you that there are a lot of people in your life whom God has put there and he wants to say something to you through them. Be open to that. Whether it's a trusted, loving friend, whether it's a family member, uh, always be open to maybe God is trying to say something to me. Uh, sometimes those words that God has for us through our friends comes through their concerns. They might be really worried about us. Sometimes it comes through encouragement. Sometimes if the relationships are godly enough, it comes through challenge. I'm not sure that your life's heading the right way. I'm not sure if this is good for you, for your marriage. Have you thought about this? Are you aware? You know, those, those loving conversations. God speaks to us through people. All right. Number six and seven. Thoughts and ideas. When you're brought before the synagogues, rulers, authorities, don't worry about how you'll defend yourselves or what you'll say. But the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Again, we're not told exactly how the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say when you're in, in hot water for Jesus. 
but it seems like it's in the moment. It'll, it'll come to you. God will give it to you in your own thoughts. He'll, he will reveal it to you. He'll show you what you need to do. When it comes to thoughts, uh, it's a bit simplistic, but I think it's true to what goes on in our own heads. It's usually three sources of where they may come from. Um, Kronk in Emperor's Groove, Emperor's Near Groove is a great illustration of that. You know, it could be our own thoughts, just what I'm thinking. Satan is active in our own minds, in our own, in our own thoughts too. Uh, so what, what's in your head could come from him. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, give you thoughts and ideas of his own. So your job, often at great challenges, whose thought is this? You spoke about worthlessness earlier, Simon. Um, thought is that I'm worthless. I'm not as beautiful as they are, not as popular, not as successful. I've no contribution to make. It's not God. That's not God's thought. It's either you, your own that have started to believe the lie so much, or it's Satan or some fusion of both, but you can be certain it's not God's. I hate my job, might be a thought that's in your head. It might just be because it's Monday morning, 8 a.m. <laughs> it's not in a good mood, so just be mindful. What's in our heads are often shaped by our circumstances. You'll feel different by lunchtime. You'll feel different on Wednesday. You'll definitely feel great on Friday afternoon, <laughs> 5 p.m. You'll love your job. Uh, that could colour it. That could influence it. And on the flip side, of course, then, there's what, what God wants to say to us as well. If we're struggling in a situation or a relationship of what we should do, you pray about it. Don't know if you've had it. I'm sure you have. A light bulb comes on. You think, ah, oh, wow. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's God. <laughs> it's your parent speaking to you. Uh, if you're not sure of the thought, test it. But certainly, be open to it. Be aware of it. He wants to do that. And then lastly, um, emotions. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Pay attention to the way you feel. God uses our feelings and our emotions often to speak to us. Now, just disclaimer, usually when we think emotions... Uh, we think about crying. Now, I'm a crier, so it, it really works for me. But the range of emotions, obviously, are far higher than that, wider than that. Anger. You know, if you see an injustice, something that isn't right, and it angers you, with something that you should do something about it, you know, maybe that's a, a God-stirred anger. But God is saying to you, this isn't right. Right? Peace. Most of us, if you're a Christian, at some point have felt that, that peace that we talk about that surpasses understanding. Or well, the absence of it, often a little bit emotional. Sometimes when we're moved by the greatness of God, the stupendousness of his love for us, uh, we are stirred emotionally. This verse in Romans, I think, is what happened with Paul. The key word to that is that little word, Oh, that's an emotional word. 
he's, he's looking at what he just said in Romans and he sees this God and he goes, oh, <laughs> I'm stirred. God is moving me to comprehend his greatness. And it comes out in just that tiny little word and it's there. Emotions like thoughts though, church, I will put out to you, can be messed with by many other things. Have your wits about you when it comes to interpreting or understanding your emotions. You know, there's lots of things. Our personalities enter into that. Possible mood disorders like anxiety, anxiety or depression enter into that. Your phase of life or your circumstances enter into that. So we're always a little bit careful with emotions that we don't base too much on the way we feel. It's can always be a little bit tricky. But God does use it, and we do need to be open to that. Okay, cool. These are the seven ways. There could be more that God uses to speak to us. The language we can kind of learn and tune into and become familiar with as we listen to our parents speaking to us. Scripture, creation, dreams, circumstances, people, thoughts, ideas, our emotions. Before I finish... With applying this to us, let me please just give one guiding principle that is critically important. When it comes to any language, if we're not sure what something means in that language, or it's a little bit dicey, or we want to weigh up, is it true, is it not true, what do we do? Well, it depends on your age, but I grew up still in an age where <laughs> you use physical dictionaries, <laughs> right? Nowadays, it's online and you can find all your dictionaries on your phone. But that's what we did. We weren't sure about something. We didn't know if it was true. We didn't know if it was accurate. Pick up a dictionary, look up the meaning, look up how the phrase could be used, make sure that what you think it means is what it actually means. Uh, dictionary. There is a boss when it comes to the different ways in which God wants to speak to us. The boss is Scripture. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. Anything that God would say to you using any of the other forms of language that I spoke about must fit with what he said in here. A good, healthy, accurate understanding of what he said in all of this from cover to cover. It's the boss. I come to you and I say one day, I had a vision, Christ spoke to me, he's going to return on the 28th of May fire me straight away. If I come to you and I say, I think, I think, and I was visited by an angel and Christ reminded me that through that, that we need to be urgent with evangelism because he might return anytime soon. It's very real. You know, maybe you can listen to me and say, let's pray into that. Let's look at how we hold out the witness of the gospel to our community around us. What's the difference between the two? One fits what's in here, the other does not. The day and the hour is unknown, Scripture says clearly. So that's what Scripture says, and I say the 28th of May, I'm out. Okay? Whatever God's going to say to you, and if you're ever unsure about what God is saying to you, check it in here. Scripture is the boss. It's the primary language. It is where we get the right understanding and can always be certain of what God is saying and what he isn't saying. Okay, let me finish up. 
We said today that learning the language of prayer is a bit like a child learning the ability to communicate with language. I'm going to take a guess here, but I'm willing to say that this is the most underdeveloped part of most of our prayer lives. We can sort of easily associate with coming to God and asking him for stuff, praying for people, um, even talk about how we feel, but listening to him, hearing from him, that aspect of prayer is something that, that for most of us is probably the thing that we say we find that the hardest. It's something we're unfamiliar with. It's something that's difficult. It's tricky. Maybe you're scared of it even. I just want to put it to you today that it's vital that we grow in this in our lives, church. Because what a parent has to say to a child is always more important than what a child has to say to a parent. We need to hear from our loving parent in heaven. It's important that we understand what he says to us. It's important that we hear what he says to us. It's important that we obey what he says to us. Before we can obey, we need to understand, we need to hear. And so it's, that's why I, I, I spend two weeks on this. Today is the first, we're looking at it from God's end, the, way, the ways he might want to speak to us. Next week we'll look at it from our end. What, how can we hear him better? I want you to think about your spiritual life. You know how old you are physically. Um, I have a guess of how old you are spiritually. We measure dogs' lives in dog years. I always find that fascinating. Is it one to seven? What's the I think it's one to seven. <laughs> so my dog's five years old. Uh, so he's really thirty-five years old in dog years. Uh, think about. How old do you think you are spiritually? Maybe you're 50 today. You're saying, I'm definitely a child of God, but perhaps in in, in listening to God speaking to me, I'm still 18 or 19. There's so much more I want to develop in my life of hearing what God says to me. I think I was about personally 28 when I felt really convicted that my spiritual language abilities was about that of a 10 or a 12-year-old. I think now I'd put myself at 18 or 21. It's, I'm legally a spiritual adult now, but, but much more to grow, so much more. Uh, maybe you're a newborn baby as a Christian. You only just feel the embrace, the love, a word here or a word there. Pray that this year that that can grow. At the end of this year, you hear sentences. That ability has increased. Maybe you're an adult in this. You know, the great and super exciting thing is that there are great spiritual adults here with us. People who have learned to listen to God in such mature ways. (laughs) They may be younger than us, but they've grown significantly in this. To you, I want to say, you need to teach us. You need to model to us. How do we listen to God? How do we hear Him? Wherever you are, the hope is that God would place in each of us a strong desire and a hunger to grow to the next phase, to hear him better.
For now, let me leave you with this thought. You know, the great thing about Lisi uh, is this. She is in the process of learning a language. It's true. The great thing about her situation is that she has two loving parents, Mark and Jess. Her ability to learn to understand this language is their job, not hers. Fascinating thing about language. Language is not something we can just get. It needs to be put into us. Someone external to us needs to put the language into us. Mark and Jess are going to put into Lisi, this is how we say please, this is how we say thank you, this is how we are polite, this is what we say, this is what we don't say. The same with you. God, your loving spiritual parent, will put his language into you. It's not your job, so don't stress. Don't leave today going, gee, I'm so bad, I, I got no hope of doing this. It's, first of all, not your job. God is going to do it. And if you want him to, if you want to be that child that says, yes, Dad, please, teach me, he's going to. The promise is this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. He who began teaching you the language of prayer will continue to teach you until you're fluent. Let's pray. Our God, thank you that you are our loving parent. Thank you that you teach us. Thank you that you want to talk to us. And we just ask this morning that we would hear you. Show us new ways in which we can identify what you want to say to us. Grow us and open us up, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.